Mm -hmm. Hi, guys. GBC podcast number 55. I'm Courtney Weiss. I'm Shane Blankenship. He's here in the flesh, guys. It's good to be back. That was he, too long gone. He was um, at training for four weeks. Yep, four weeks with the Army. And so I got back two days ago. And um, it's good to be back, though. It's good to be back in the, the routine of things and back with the family for sure, but back at the church. And, yeah, it's just good to get back to it. Do you have a good message for Sunday? I hope so. Um, I think it's good. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it comes out. I know. Do you ever say, no, it's just a real no, – don't come to church. It's a bad one. Sometimes I get more excited than others. Right. Um, Certainly. Yeah. But I think it's good. I'm, I'm excited to preach it. So we've been in this Live Generously series that I kicked off. Mm-hmm. And then Tim Brown filled in for two weeks after that. And then uh, Jasper filled in after him. And then Nathan, our youth pastor, filled in last week. And um, so so I'm going to close it out this week. And then Yay. I've got a one-off message that I'm, that I'm excited about that will be after this week. So we'll finish out the series. And then I'm going to be in the Gospel of John. It's actually a very familiar passage when Jesus changes the water into wine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started studying through John right as I left um, for this training. And I did it because I challenged our, our men in our men's ministry on Wednesday night to read the Gospel of John as though it were the only gospel you had. Like if, if you didn't have anything else, not, not even the whole Bible. And that wasn't my idea. It was something that Andy Stanley said at the end of a study when we were doing, we started the study together. And, um, but he, Andy was just making the point that John writes that these things were written so that you might believe mm. that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, um, and that you might put your faith in him. And so anyways, so I just kind of made the challenge at the end of it, like, what if we just picked up John, regardless of where you were in your personal Bible study time, and just started reading it as though that was the only gospel you had? Because according to John, who walked with Jesus, John says, I wrote this so that you might believe. So that's there's enough there about mm-hmm. Jesus and about what he reveals about Jesus that you should be able to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. So anyways, so you know, I challenged our guys, so I started doing it myself. Um and I basically read through John the way I normally read through the Bible when I read in the mornings. So when something stands out at me, I stop. Um, and I was reading from what I would call a clean Bible. Um, oh, so, yeah. So there's no notes, right? Yeah. There's no, you know, I haven't, I haven't made a bunch of notes in this, in this section. So anyways, I was reading through. And um, it's the story, of, again, of uh, when Jesus changes the water and wine. And a couple of things stood out that... They haven't really stood out before from different perspectives. So I've certainly preached the message. Um, who knows how many times I've preached um, out of out of that particular passage, but this time it's going to come from, with a new, um, I guess, two new points. It's unbelievable, um, really, that that the Holy Spirit can do that. Oh, absolutely. Well, it's a, you know, it's a living word. The, the word of God is is living, breathing, and so it's still shocking though when, and especially for you, if you let's say you've preached it eight times, yeah, you're like, how did how did I not not that I miss this message that you're saying, but how mm-hmm. did I how did I get this different thing out of this same message? I think it's very interesting. Oh yeah, it's I mean it's it's great, and I actually I shared the message um, while I was gone. So it was my kind of I did a field service um, for our soldiers out in the field, and um, a couple of days earlier is when I was reading through that. So it was already on my heart, it was already on my mind. I was thinking through this process, and so I just shared it like. Totally didn't go through the process that I normally do to write a message. Kind of cold, um, you just... 
but yeah, so um, in a field service, like I don't have 30 minutes. I don't have 40 minutes to speak to a bunch of soldiers who are standing up listening. Um, and in the field, I always do communion. So I, I'm, I'm also kind of working towards that. So really, it's just kind of the down and dirty part of the message. It's it's the 15-minute version, if you will, instead of the 40-minute version. Yeah. So you're really just hitting the points, mm-hmm. making a couple of points with within that point. And then get into communion. So that's what we did. Um, but the title of the message, I'll go ahead and give you that. So not this Sunday, but the next is called It Gets Better. Um, it Gets Better. And so anyways, but yeah, two, two, two things stood out of that text that really haven't stood out to me before. Um, so kind of gave two phrases to our soldiers to, to be thinking about and chewing on. And I'm still thinking about and chewing on it. So wow, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what you pulled out of that, you know, pretty common scripture. And I'm excited, um, on December the 4th, we'll kick off two services. Yes. Um, so we'll have an eight thirty service and a ten thirty service. So if you're a listener and you couldn't, um, and you don't come because you can't get here at ten thirty, then there's another opportunity to get here, um, on beginning December 4th. So eight thirty in the morning, ten thirty. And um, kick it off the Christmas series. I'm just calling it Tis the Season mm-hmm. um, after the song. And uh, I'm excited about that one, too. So the first at least two messages, I think that it's, it's really three parts plus Christmas Eve. Um, and uh, that's coming out of the Gospel of Matthew, at least message one, message two, probably message three. And then Christmas Eve will be out of the Gospel of Luke. But I'm excited about those because I've already been working on those messages. And... Um, it's it's just cool to see some things that you haven't seen before. And again, reading through a clean Bible, you, you see stuff that you don't normally see. I know. Maybe I need to get a clean Bible. Get a clean but Bible. I feel like I haven't marked mine up. I've seen yours. But you know what? Look at this. I mean, you've it's, got a lot of notes in there. I do. So. I, I do. All right. We've spent five minutes and 40 seconds talking okay. about nothing. So No, that's not nothing. I'm excited <laughs> about um, the Christmas message, uh, Tis the Season, and I'm excited about listening to... Something different about Jesus turning the water into wine. Um, okay, so I had some questions about the power of prayer. Okay. Um, I, you know, I'm not a new believer, but sometimes I have new believer questions, and I think mm-hmm. that's okay. But, um, like, how powerful can our prayers be? I think I started to go, like, do if God has everything already planned out until the end of time, what do my prayers do? Not, I think that's a solid question. And God has his plan planned out. I think that's a, a, a foundational place to start. That you gotta you gotta start with it's it's ultimately about him. It's about his plan. It's about his purpose. So that, I think that's foundational. So what does um, prayer do? Well I, so sometimes we don't see the fullness of what God has for us or wants for us because we're not asking him for it. Um, sometimes um, it doesn't matter how much you ask. This is a part of God's plan or God's got a purpose in what's happening. And so what you want may not happen and it may not come to fruition of what you're praying about. We may never see that because ultimately God is working it for a reason that we can't understand or see. So I think in those cases, then, you know, it's not that our prayers are meaningless or, or without purpose, but God, um, uh, God's going to move in, in the direction that he's going to move. And so, um, you know, if, if we don't have that, that mindset beforehand and before we start asking, then maybe we don't see it. Um, and then sometimes, um, you know, ultimately we have not because we ask not. And that's something that we're told in his word because James tells us that. So James in the book of James says, you have not because you ask not. So if, if that's true, which I believe it is, then there are some things that we do not have in our life because we are not asking for it. But then he goes on to say, and I think it's important to note the context when James speaks of this. James is talking about 
why do struggles happen among us? Why do we struggle so much? Why do we strive so much? And then within that context, he says, well, you don't have because you're not asking God. And he says, and when you do ask, you ask with the wrong motives. Um, And so you're coming with the wrong motive. So then a great question is, well, what's the wrong motive? What is a wrong motive um, if we think our heart's good about what we're asking for? So So give me an example of a wrong motive, like um, trying to get a promotion over somebody. Uh, is that a wrong motive? Yeah. yeah that, so that could be, um, if, if it's you know selfish in nature, maybe that's the wrong motive that we're asking for selfish reason, reasons. Um, and ultimately, maybe that's always at the heart of wrong motives that we're asking for, for, for selfish reasons. Um, <laughs> and, and I hate to be general and generic about it, so I don't, I don't, I don't mean to be that way. But ultimately, the wrong motive is, is that when we're praying and we're not even considering his will, when we're praying and we're not considering yeah, God's purpose or plan in it. It's all about us and yeah. not what his, his plan is and his purpose. That's to right. To glorify him. That should always be like top of mind when we're asking something. Absolutely. Um, so let, me, let me share this with you. So this is James chapter 4, and I'll just share the first um, three verses. So James 4, uh, verses 1 through 3. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and you fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Ultimately, it's what we just said, right? It's all about us. It's all about our own selfishness. We're making it about us. But that's 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 what, you know, and James is even making a, a really great point, I think. Um, what causes fights and quarrels among you? You're wanting things. You're coveting things. You're mm-hmm. trying to get them. You're trying to manipulate, control, control the situation yeah. to yeah. get what you want. And James says, ultimately, you don't get it. Like, even even in your own struggle, even in your own strife, you don't get what you really want. You know, even if you can get your hands on what you're trying to get after, at the end of the day, it's like it's not even what you really want. And then his point is, the reason why you don't is because you're getting it from the wrong source. Yeah. You don't have when you, because you do not ask God. So, like, I, I know that God can search our hearts, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I gotta ask, what if you're trying to be genuine? What if you're trying to be genuine? Well, I think you're if, like, okay, God, like, I know I'm not supposed. Let's say the promotion thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, I know I'm not supposed to want a promotion over somebody else. I'm, I'm not thinking about myself in this situation, so it's hard, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, right. I don't want to hurt this person, blah, 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 but, but I really want it, you know. God, don't you think I'd be good in this position? Like, it's, I guess my question to you is, even if you're using the right words mm-hmm. and your heart's kind of not in the right yep. place, is that even like a step in the right direction? I mean, maybe. So if you're using the right words, but your heart's not in the right place, no. I mean, ultimately, no. But I mean, maybe in that you're trying to go through the practice. Like if you know, I recognize my heart's not right in it. Um, so I'm praying the right thing. I mean, so so maybe that is a step in the right direction. I guess like but, my point is like it's a process. You know, it's like when you're praying for something and let's say you finally get to the point where you're like, this is not happening. I need to check my heart. Your heart doesn't just automatically go, mm-hmm. Oh, you're right, Courtney. You need the promotion. I mean, whatever. What? That's yeah, a yeah. bad example. I, I'll have to think of another one. No, no, but no. I think I think in that and like in that vein, though, that 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 way of thinking, like, yeah, we 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 do know that we need to check our heart, or we got to check our heart. But if our if our mouth is saying something different from what's in our heart, it's like we're trying to fool God. And so the yeah. the verse that immediately came to my mind was, "God cannot be mocked." 
you're not going to mock him. Um, and to try to ask for something, um, but your heart's different. Now, I think the better prayer is, God, I I want this. Like, I, I really want this promotion or whatever. We'll stick with in that vein. Yeah. Um, but I recognize that it's selfish in motive. Like, when you're talking to God about that and you're calling out your own heart in it because you know what you want, now, that's a prayer in the right direction. Okay, so you would just need to be so, you've said this before, so humble and so honest. Like, God, I know I'm coming at this from, like, the wrong place, but I'm trying to talk it out mm-hmm. with you, you know? Well, I think about David's prayer since we're talking about prayer. And, and David says, search me, O God. Um, know my anxious hearts. Um, know my ways. And then he says, make a right heart or make a pure heart within me. Um, that one's so good. So, yes, yes. So, I mean, why pray? Well, then why did David pray that prayer if, it, if there's nothing to it? If, if, there, if it doesn't mean anything, if God's going to do what he's going to do, then why is David praying, search me, O God, search my heart, know my anxious ways, and then create in me a pure heart? He's asking for God to do it. And I think it comes back to James is that we have not because we ask not. Um, and Jesus even speaks about this, you know, and he, he even, Jesus will even say, your heavenly father knows what you need before you ask. Yep. Sermon on the Mount, right? Mm-hmm. But ask. You have ask to ask. Um, and so there are some things that we don't have. I think there's some things that we don't see. There's, there's some things, like I said in the very beginning, where we don't realize the fullness of what God wants to do because we're not asking him. Um, and then when we do ask, we're just trying to get what we want. You know, it's not coming out of that relationship, that time being spent with God. It's coming out of that moment of desperation or that moment of, all right, well, I don't have any other choice, but all right, God, do something. Again, I think that's going down a whole uh, a whole different road. It's not that God, you know, only works when we ask Him and only moves when we when we when we're spending time with Him because that's not true. Last night at the at the Vision Investment meeting, I I started with a passage getting out of John because that's where I've been. When um, he goes to the Port Bethesda um, and. All the, the invalids are there, and they're waiting for the angel. Like, that's the superstition. The angel comes and stirs the water, and they try to get in there yeah. to get their healing. And Jesus walks up to a man. The Bible says he'd been an invalid for 38 years, and he says, do you want to get well? And the man replies um, with not an answer to Jesus' question, but an excuse of why he can't get down to the water. And then what's so beautiful about John's version of the story is that John says that Jesus just says, get up, take your mat, and walk. And then John says, immediately the man just stood up picked up his mat mm. and he left and he was walking, which I just think is powerful. Like there was no, all right, if you have faith enough, if you believe hard enough, if you ask me, you know, good enough, I'll, I'll heal you. I'll get you up and then you'll start right. walking. There's none of that. It's just get up, pick up your mat and walk. Now what's powerful about the story, and this is the point that I was making, or one of the points that I was making last night, is that this is on the Sabbath. So he's already close to the, to the temple. Now he's walking around at the temple and he's carrying his mat because that's what Jesus told him to do. Mm-hmm. Get up, take your mat. And the guy hasn't walked in 38 years. And the Pharisees come up and says, what are you doing carrying your mat? It's the Sabbath. The law prohibits you. And the man just replies, because uh, the man who just healed me told me to get up and pick up my mat and walk. So I did. I did. And they said, well, who, who told you to do this? Mm-hmm. You know, they, they don't get that a miracle's happened or they don't care. Who told you? And his reply, I don't know. He doesn't know. He doesn't know who told him. He just knows it was a man. He doesn't know who Jesus is. There's no relationship. There's no, um, oh, I think it was that rabbi, you know, that everybody's been talking about. None of that. He's like, 
I don't know. I don't know who told me. Okay, so you're speaking to the fact that he, it's not even really like he had, he asked or had faith in Jesus because he didn't know who it was. Yep. He but did. Jesus did, well, I guess he can perform miracles as he sees fit. But there had to have been something inside the man that made him be like, I, I can see that you're going to. You know, no, you, I don't think have, so. I no? think it's totally Jesus. Just, and that's why I say it's so important. God's purpose and God's plan is so, so important. And, and, you know, I know, this is a totally a tangent point that, that we got off on, but Jesus did that to make a point, right? Um, Jesus does this on the Sabbath to get all this stirred up so that he can reveal who he is. And so, you know, they have this conversation, and then Jesus later comes up and finds the man and reveals himself to the man of who he is. And then, um, so now the man knows, oh, it's Jesus. Um, like, and oh knows something gosh. about, you know, um, don't you know that guy was a believer after that moment, though, yeah, right? Like, yeah. changed his life forever. Um, and then, of course, the Pharisees catch up with him, and the guy's like, oh, it's Jesus. That, And then they know who Jesus yeah. is because they're already trying to stop him. Yeah. Um, so they approach Jesus, and then Jesus takes the opportunity to reveal who he is. And it's some of the most bold, like, in your face, I am the Son of God that is mentioned in, in the Scriptures. And then Jesus' point, which is what I was making last night, this is what I was getting to. No, I love this. Um, because um, they're, you know, they're saying, well, you can't possibly be of God. You're working on the Sabbath. Not you're breaking God's laws. You're breaking our laws, mm-hmm. right? Our religious laws that we've been living by for centuries. Um, and Jesus says, my father is always at work. And yeah, he, he never sleeps, right? That's right. And he says, I, and I am working. I'm, I, am, I am working to this day. Um, and so I was making the point last night that God is still working like so the, the way it's written in the active present tense um, which means it wasn't just that God is still working in that moment that God is always working even today God is still at work and then I was just given evidence of of what we know of of the ways that God has worked here through the life of Greenwood Baptist Church but God's always working so so that's why I'm starting with and I started at the very very beginning of our podcast of it's about his purpose mm-hmm. it's about his plan it's about his will. I think that's the point James is making is that when you ask, you're asking with the wrong motives. You're not even considering God's way in this. You're just trying to get your way. And you're hoping for the miracle worker to make it your way. Guilty. And in that healing, specifically, Jesus is doing it to reveal who he is. Well, I think the good thing about talking to you is that you always have a way of keeping or staying on Scripture. You've mm-hmm. given us like, I mean, I've what, what five different <laughs> scriptures, which is great because you can't argue with that. Not that I was trying to argue. Yeah, yeah, no. But, um, well, let me let me ask you, and I, I know some of you out there that are listening probably do have a story about prayer, but just t- can you think of a time when you're like, listen, like prayer, pr- it was because we prayed that this happened. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, I think Hannah's story that w- which you know so many people know now because yeah. she shared it on Mother's Day as one of those examples of, you know, we have Marshall um, and we have Bailey and I guess and ultimately we have Patton. I mean, he's not a, not a part of that because of because of prayer. Um, you know, some people can make babies just because they do what you got to do to make babies and mm-hmm. they're able to make babies and pop them out left and right. You know, mm-hmm. um, some people can't. And Hannah and I were one of those couples that couldn't, and um, and so I know that God provided Marshall and 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 you know our family began with him and with Bailey through adoption, um, and so I know that came from God's hand. Um, it wasn't the prayer that we were originally praying. Right, for you a were family. praying for a baby, <clears throat> and then you got Marshall. Yeah, 
And then you're praying for another baby and it got Bailey. Yeah. And then you're praying for a baby and then you really did, you, you got. Well, actually we'd stop praying. (laughs) You know, it's like after Bailey, it's like, all right, well, we're done. Thank you, Lord. Um, we got our, we got our, you know, our boy, our girl, we got our family, we're done. And then four weeks later, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, God, I guess God answered the prayer that had been, that we had been praying seven years earlier. Mm Mm-hmm. So, that's right. Seven you know, years. That, that's that's right. Um, so, so I think that's that's yeah. one of those uh, um, examples of God moving and God working. And um, I mean, I couldn't tell. I can't. I couldn't get specific because it it's would okay. it would violate privacy um, for I me know. to do so. But but like I think of like I can think of, of families here of husbands and wives here whose marriages are saved um, because God moved because God worked. Um, I've I've seen story after story of a relationship that got healed. Um, and I was counseling with, with one, like what, you know, out of the couple, like I was counseling with either the husband or the wife and said, here's what I think you should do. Um, and this isn't Shane. This is, this is God, right? Here's what I think you should do. I think you should pray about it. And I don't think you should tell me or tell anybody else. I think you, just between you and God and watch God work, trust him with it. I actually trust him with it and see what God might do. I mean, you're testing the spirit, right? Is that... I mean, well, yes, certainly, and in the best possible way, right? We know what God's will is, and so here's what I want you to do. Pray about it, so and don't amazing. tell nobody. Mm-hmm. If you tell somebody, you will manipulate it. If you tell somebody, you're going to risk trying to control the situation, and then you're putting yourself in the equation. But if you tell no one, and you have faith, and you let God work, and you can trust whatever the outcome is, that, he is, that his hand is on it, um, that's a... Like that, 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 there's total different celebration. There's total different like faith, ensuring faith, bolstering, um, yeah, things that come out of that. So, so, anyways, I, so I can think of those examples where they prayed to ask God to move, and God did. Yeah, I know. I know you guys have examples too. I was just trying to think of a really, really big one. Well, we know that pray, prayer changes things, and we've given you a couple different um, scriptures. Can we end on um, the last thing that I asked you about about Thanksgiving in your heart? Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so my name's Courtney, and I told this to Hannah the other day. Okay. Um, and I don't know why, but my, I remember when I was growing up, my mom always had a scripture in my room, and it was. Courtney from the courts. I think it was like what my name meant or something. But at the bottom, it said, you enter his courts with thanksgiving in your heart. Mm -hmm. As a little girl, like, I don't know what that means. But in my mind, I was thinking, oh, I'm like royalty, Courtney (laughs) from the courts, you know? Yeah. Well, one time when Hannah was praying, she said it several times, but it stuck with me because she was like, we know that we come into your presence with thanksgiving in our hearts. And I was like, Oh my gosh, yeah, like that scripture, you know, it just made me like mm-hmm. draw some, some, or connect some dots. So I just thought maybe with Thanksgiving coming up and with us talking about prayer, um, you could give us some like real prayers, like how you come into his presence with Thanksgiving in your mm-hmm. heart. But, um, so the concept or the idea of gratitude, I think is maybe it's underrated in the, in the faith um, and that maybe we don't talk about it enough. We don't think about it enough. And it, 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 certainly walks with that idea of generosity um, that we've been talking about over the last six weeks. But, you know, there is so much for us to be grateful for. And gratitude is a powerful thing when you recognize it. And so in a very real way, even in the the text and the scripture, right, like we're commanded to enter his presence with thanksgiving because there is so much, again, to be thankful for um, that when we recognize, and most of us, I think, would give lip service to this at least, but when we recognize that everything we have came from his hands, mm-hmm. that 
if it's happened in our life and it's good um, and we recognize that it's from him, that it's passed through, a, through, a, through his hands, then that, that changes our mindset, our perspective, which is ultimately how God changes our life, right? Through the, the, the transforming our lives, through the renewing of our mind. Um, and so I think it's something that we're, we're asked to do, that God asks us to do. And then it changes things. Um, I mean, think about it. When, when you start from the perspective of, of thanksgiving, when you start from the perspective of gratitude, that changes the flow of the conversation. So the way yeah. I pray, and I've, yeah. and I've talked about this before, I pray this prayer all the time, um, is the way Jesus taught us to pray. Matter of fact, our Father. Th- this morning, I mean, that was my prayer this morning, the Our Father prayer. It's a very personalized version of Our Father, but I'm following that format. Um, and when, after I recognize, um, you know, uh, holy is your name. And then I ask for his kingdom to come and his will to be done and his reign and rule to be over my heart and my mind and my life. After that first recognition, because that's the way Jesus, again, teaches us to pray. The next thing that Jesus taught us to pray was give us this day our daily bread, right? Um, and that's that whole idea of you're, our, you're the source. You are the source of every resource that I have. And Jesus tells us you start your prayer and you ask God, to supply those needs. You ask your Heavenly Father to supply everything that you need. And that's beyond food, although food is the example, right? That's everything. That's the patience that you need for today. That's the courage that you need for the conversation that you're going to have. That's the strength that you need because you're running on empty and you don't know where else to get it from. That's that's the that that's the cash flow that you need because you're you're not at the end of the month yet, and the and the money's already run out. Like it's everything. Ask your heavenly Father for it, and so I can't help myself. When I ask, I also say thank you. So I'm asking God, and I'm thanking Him at the exact same time. Matter of fact, I ask for it, and then I feel bad if I don't say thank you. Yeah. So just... I have to come into His presence with gratitude in my heart because I can recognize, God, You've been so good, and You've provided. And when I really pause for a moment and consider your ways, like we've consider talked about that before, that consider mm-hmm. consider your ways, um, consider all the ways that God has done and all that he's done for me, it brings me to gratitude yeah. every single time. So I think, so, you know, I, I, I don't know if that was exactly what we were looking for there, yeah. but as far as, you know, beginning our prayer, I think it's, I think you can't go wrong ever following Jesus's format for prayer, especially if you're just trying to spend some time alone with God. And again, in the in the beginning of that prayer, I always have to turn it to gratitude. Well, someone, I, I thought this was so good, and I'm not going to say it as eloquently as she did, but in Bible study, we were, we, I had brought that up to Hannah too. Yeah. But um, another person in the Bible study said, yeah, someone once told me that when you go to bed at night and you're praying to think about whatever you're thankful for tonight is the only thing that you wake up to in the morning. Mm-hmm. And again, she said it way better than me. But like, th- think about if you only thanked God for like, thanks for the dinner. Yeah. <laughs> and then you wake up and like everything's gone except for what you ate last night. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? No, absolutely. You know, did I thank God for my children? Did I thank <coughs> God for, you know, anyways, I was like, well, that's powerful. And then we all started laughing. We're like, we're never going to not say thank you for the smallest things. You know? Yeah. And uh, again, that's that consider your the ways, right? Yeah. You know, not just consider your ways. I mean, we're commanded to do that in scripture, but consider the ways that God's moved and God's blessed you. 
Um, yeah. But what's so powerful about God, though, His grace is so good, is that even when we don't say thank you, He blesses us anyways. I, know. I don't know. I, I just don't understand it. You know? Yeah. And, and that's now, you start taking something like that for granted, you'll still receive His grace and His blessing for sure, because God's so good. But uh, I think you, you miss out on those opportunities. But uh, I don't know. I think when you're, when you're, when you're uh, being intentional about following Him, um, even when we fall short, because we're going to fall short, right? Of course. He's still so good. Yeah. And, and those are moments that later on we can look back and give Thanksgiving. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, 27 minutes, and I, I know that I'm so glad to be sitting here with you. So hopefully um, our listeners, I, I say hopefully, I know they're <laughs> so glad to have a new podcast and to hear this wisdom. So uh, thanks for listening and share it with a friend. Yep. Share it with somebody, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye.